You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lovecast. I'm Dan Savage, and I'm your host. Uh, before we get to your calls, and there are tons of them, uh, I wanted to uh, draw your attentions to a new sex toy for men. Uh, it's called Real Touch, and it's all over the blogs. I saw it on Fleshbot. It's on uh, Geekology and other places on The Stranger's Log, of course, as well. And it's a, it's a bit like a fleshlight. It's kind of a big plastic tube that you can stick your junk in if you're a guy, except it looks like it's full of vacuum cleaner parts on the inside uh, that you have to trust aren't going to tear your dick off when you put it in. And what the thing has got that flashlights don't is a USB port so you can plug it into your computer and then synchronize it somehow with some porn that's made just for it. So you can be watching porn and then whatever's happening in the porn, the pace of the fucking, the pace of the stroking or sucking, I guess, um, will be inflicted on your dick by these vacuum cleaner parts. Uh, that are in this thing that you have to trust isn't going to go all uh, Westworld on your ass. Uh, and that's an ancient reference, so you might have to go ask an adult what I mean by that. Um, and what kind of gets me is, you know, there's a gay version and a straight version, and I'm not sure what the difference is because I looked at the gay version and it's not pink, and I looked at the straight version and it's not blue, and the opening is no different. It's not like the gay version has a little asterisk-shaped opening and the straight version has a slit-shaped opening. They both have slit-shaped openings. Um, I think the gay and straight version is just the, there's a gay website and a straight website to promote it where there's kind of a femi guy talking about the glories of the uh, real touch uh, at the gay one and a girl talking about the glories of the real touch being, I guess, for her that she doesn't have to touch you so long as you have one of these things. Um, and just kind of what stuck in my craw when I was watching this was they're promoting it as a, a, a tool by which you can make all of your fantasies come true. Which is overselling the product, I believe, unless your fantasy uh, now has always been that your automatic trash compactor could suck you off. Um, something that just like vibes your dick at the rate that the dick is being stroked on some porn you're watching really isn't fulfilling all your fantasies. Your fantasies are perhaps to be in the porn you're watching, not to just get some residual collateral simulation of the stimulation that the guy who's actually living out your fantasies uh, in the porn that you're watching is enjoying. Um, so again, uh, you might want to check out The Real Touch, uh, but I don't think, just a caveat, I don't think uh, it will fulfill all your fantasies except, of course, for you vacuum cleaner fuckers out there. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. First of all, I seem to have a historical problem with either getting stuck being a fuck buddy or getting stuck being somebody's awesome best friend and homegirl, as I've been called. And I have a lot of people that... I am in one of those uh, situations with men that I'd like to have both aspects of the relationship, but it doesn't seem to happen. The relationship seems to be either hot sex all the time or 
hot intellectual emotional connection all the time and I'm looking for a relationship where I can combine the two. So there's one question. The other one is uh, mechanics of my first time with a woman. I guess I did kiss a woman once uh, just briefly, but she turned out to be a terribly awful bitchy person and nothing came of it. And after that, I wasn't able to approach anyone else because it doesn't seem very common in my circle of friends that there are lesbians or bisexual women that might be interested in trying anything, and I'm very nervous about what to do. What the fuck do I know about approaching ladies? Not a lot. Uh, you might be asking the wrong uh, call-in podcast advice person uh, that question, but let's go to your previous question. Let's get to your first question, which I think I can help you with. The problem with uh, all your new relationships sort of sorting themselves into fuck bud or good bud and no combo platter, nobody that you have a really great relationship with who you also have really great sex with. Here's how you solve that. Uh, the next time you feel yourself being shunted into one of those two categories, you end that relationship. You, de you decide that you're not going to acquire any new friends because it's not a new friend you're after and you're not going to be anybody's sex toy. Uh, you're not going to be a fuck bud for anybody because you've got fuck buds. You don't need any more fuck buds. You need the whole package. That might mean going without for a while. That might mean walking away from people uh, that you are attracted to uh, and not settling for whatever the consolation prize relationship that they're willing to offer you until the one comes along who wants to give you both and that you feel like can give you both of those things. Um, if your life is crowded with you know, a million fuckbuds demanding your time and attention and twat – and a million friends demanding all of your emotional uh, engagement, you're not going to have any space in your life uh, for the person who's both when that person comes along. And you're also not going to have a lot of incentive to go and do the hard work that often comes with finding that person, that finding that person often requires. Sometimes we've got to create a vacuum in our sex life and our dating life uh, to give us the incentive to get out there and really flip over stones and really look for who and what we want. And if our life is, like I said, crowded with you know, people we make do with, with the person who gives us sex and the person who gives us emotional support and to whom we give emotional support and the person we give sex, then there's not, uh, you're not getting that kind of emotional suction, if I may, uh, that you need to pull people into your life who can give you everything that you want or uh, close enough because you know what? No one can really give you everything you want. Now, the ladies, now how to approach the ladies. Um, I'm not, I, I, my, my approach to ladies has always been to back away slowly. And that probably won't work for you, I'm thinking, if they're, if they're naked and into me. Like lady, regular ladies I like, like women I like, um, so long as uh, they're not trying to, to kiss me. Uh, I would have the same reaction that that girl that you kissed had probably um, and then need to be defibrillated shortly thereafter. Uh, so uh, I would advise you to look around your life. Uh, at your friends who are lesbians or su more successfully bisexual and ask them for advice. Ask them how they do it or, or, or observe them. Um, but just like a general thing, like let's not make it approaching the ladies or approaching the dudes. Let's just make it approaching uh, somebody you want to fuck or somebody you want to date and fuck. I've always found that the direct approach works really well where you just don't play games. You lay it out there. You lay out what your interests are. So if there's somebody that you're sort of hemming and hawing and interested in and you're not sure if they know that you're interested in them but you're afraid of being rejected if you actually tell them how you're feeling because then you'll be hurt. And then what if you can't have a friendship because you outed yourself to them as being interested in sitting on their face? 
the best thing to do at those moments is just to say, here's how I'm feeling. I just want to throw this out there, see how you're feeling. I'm attracted to you emotionally, sexually, uh, and I'd like to date you and fuck you and chat afterwards and then see what they say. And if they say, oh, I'm not interested in you that way, say, nice to know you. Goodbye. Because you don't need any more friends or fuck buddies, right? We established that at the beginning of this rant. Uh, you need a fuck buddy and a friend of fuck friend D. Hi, Dan. My name's Brandon from D.C., and I'm giving you a call because I'm hoping you can help me with a problem a friend is having. Um, I'm kind of the more adventurous one of my group of friends, so when they have sexual questions and whatnot or when they don't know what something is, they kind of all look to me, and uh, I'm failing one of my friends pretty miserably right now. Um, he is a gay guy in a fairly new relationship and has um, not been um, sexually active for too, too long. Um, he and his partner, boyfriend, whatever, have started to broach the topic of anal sex. And my friend has really been um, a bottom in the past, um, mostly because of one big obstacle, and that is he is apparently... Uh, very large, and um, more than that, he uh, has kind of a weird shape. It's like a, a cone shape or a, a mountain peak shape. So it's very, it's got a lot of girth at the bottom, and is is kind of got a narrow head, is what he's told me. So, um, so I've taken out him out shopping, and um, you know, taken him to sex stores where he'd be uncomfortable going by himself, and you know, helped him ask the correct questions. But we we haven't been able to find a, a condom that um, really fits him very well. Um, we've been going with the, apparently the big size condoms are just very cylindrical and um, and unfortunately pinch him at, at the base of his dick and um, that kills his heart on. So he and the boyfriend are okay right now. They're they're enjoying, you know, oral and, and that kind of stuff. But um but he'd like to be able to move on to that step um eventually and I'm sure the boyfriend would too. So I was hoping either you or maybe one of your sex experts could um just help me help a friend and let me know if there are any um condom brands that play to his particular um, shape and size. Just to prove to the tech savvy at Rescue that I can answer a question in less than 35 minutes, I'm going to try to make this brief because the answer is really simple. The female condom, Google it, go to the wiki page, or go to the Planned Parenthood page, both of which will pop right up. Uh, it's kind of a trash can liner sized condom that you stuff into the twat or butt that you are about to fuck, and then it stays put and you move your dick in and out of it. And they are enormous. I guarantee that your friend will be able to use a female condom successfully. They require a bit more uh, attention because they can slip in uh, if you're not uh, careful. And everyone should be careful. You should be cognizant, aware, uh, thinking about the condom every once in a while, even when you're wearing a regular one and you're fucking and certainly when you're using a female condom. I recommend it particularly to guys with ginormous penises who have been able to use them uh, even for regular condom style sex, wearing it and fucking with it. Uh, so, uh, go for it. Hi, Dan. Um, my boyfriend and I recently had a threesome, and it was awesome. But since we hosted it, she was here and rapidly grew annoying. 
So we were wondering what's the best polite way, or not so polite if they're very annoying, way is to get them out of the house as soon as possible so that we can go to sleep. She was a McCain supporter who was 21 years old and very, very self-impressed. She also liked to fake Irish accent. The best way to get rid of uh, the extra person after a three-way uh, because she's revealed herself to be a McCain supporter and self-involved and a faker of Irish accents. Is that what the fuck you said? Um, is to establish the window of her welcome before the three-way begins. When you invite somebody over for a three-way, uh, what you should always do is say, come on over, let's do this, it will be a blast. We both have to work tomorrow, whether it's true or not. Uh, you can't use this excuse if you're unemployed, but whatever. If you, if you work, we both have to work early tomorrow, so unfortunately we can't ask you to spend the night, but come on over and let's, uh, let's knock boots. Let's do this thing. Then uh, in the moment uh, or after the moment, if you decide that you want to sleep in a sweaty heap and then have a little repeat in the morning before you all head off to wherever you're heading off to, you can then invite her to stay the night. And it's a compliment and an extension and, you know, a fucking gold star on her slot report card. As opposed to having to say after it's all over, oh, you need to go. And there's no way to say that without the person taking that as I didn't impress them they don't like me there's something about me they don't want me here waka waka so better to establish from the start that they can't stay and it's outside of your control so then if you decide to invite them they feel like they you know yahtzee they won they won the three-way prize this episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over eighteen thousand adult entertainment products to spice up your love life or surprise a special someone choose from a great selection of toys lingerie and movies featuring stars like jenna jameson carmen luvana and tara patrick Visit adamandeve.com today and receive 50% off any item of your choice plus a free gift with a purchase of $17 or more. That's adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan, this is Van in Seattle. I was wondering how you ask for breakup sex. Any ideas? You ask. You say, hey, uh, I'm fucking dumping your ass. Can I fuck it one more time? And then they can say, sure. Or get the fuck out of here. I think what you're asking is, how do you ask for breakup sex without risking rejection? Without any chance, you know, some magic words you can say that guarantee you one more, one more time to hit that on the way out the door. There are no magic words for anything in any situation, any circumstance. No magic words. You're always going to risk rejection. How do you ask for breakup sex? Ask. Oftentimes when people describe the breakup and a little bit of breakup sex, breakup sex tends to break out. It tends to just kind of happen in the swirling passion of the moment. Nobody really asks and then everybody feels a little gooby afterwards. But if you're in a situation where you have to ask, ask. And uh, maybe she'll say yes. Maybe she'll say no. Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old straight female. I've been dating my current boyfriend for over three and a half years. Our relationship has certainly gone through some tough points over the last few years, but we really have grown together in a healthy and loving relationship, and I truly do love him with all of my heart. We've been living together for the past year and a half, and are seriously, like, probably in the next three months, considering getting engaged. The only problem is not in our relationship, but with his parents. His mother has had many psychiatric problems over the year, and recently she has gotten particularly weird, especially when she kicked some of her family members out of the house over the holidays. 
I was prepared to deal with his mom, but now his dad has called up and asked for a large sum of money to help support himself and his deadbeat clinger girlfriend, much of which we really didn't have to spare. When I was growing up, my dad once told me that if he knew how many problems my mother's family would be worth, he didn't know if he would still marry her. I'm really afraid that his parents and their problems will be continually weighing on our relationship and later on on our own little family should we start one. My question to Dan, to you, Dan, is how do I deal or even should I deal? Are you still engaged to the guy with the nutbag family? Well, not engaged, but the ring is locked in the gun cabinet, so... Well, it will happen sooner. Romantic. <laughs> well, well, I would hope not, but you know, that's where the valuables are kept, and that's the one place in the house I can't get into. I'm kind of a snoop, so. Um, hey, how does your uh, potential uh, future fiance slash husband feel about his nutbag family? I mean, he's been on and off, accepting, unaccepting, you know, and I've tried to help him work back into getting in with the nutbag family. But, but, he, and but now, he realizes that his family has issues that can complicate his life. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's 100% aware of that, and yeah. he is as annoyed by his mother's antics and his father's usury as you are. Um, you know, I think the mom, yes, definitely. But the dad, I think he feels like his dad has been through so much, and now it's time for him to be there for him. And I'm just sitting there like this is just a different symptom of the same, you know, Was that stuff. true? Is his dad as bad as his mom? His dad... His dad is a wonderful guy. I really like his dad. He's a sweetheart. And I think that that's why he's going to be such an amazing husband to me. But his dad is like a giver and a fixer and a nurturer, you know. So it's really his nutbag girlfriend that's with the dad that has been draining him dry. And that's the part that irritates me is that it's not helping his dad. It's helping his dad who is making bad decisions by being with this nutbag girlfriend. And your potential fiancé acknowledges that. He realizes that. He's on the same page oh. with you. Oh, yeah. He totally does. But then I sit there and say, okay, what happens in six months if Dad comes back and asks you to clear out your savings again? And what did he say? And then he goes, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, well, He's my dad. What do I do? Here's what you do. <laughs> you tell him that you're down with him, starting a family with him, with getting married to him, what he asks, when he breaks open the gun cabinet on that romantic morning when a man breaks open his gun cabinet. <laughs> Proposes. Um, you ask him that you tell him that you're down with it, that it's yes, provided yeah, okay. provided that you establish really clear and really strong boundaries with his nut mom mm-hmm. and his father, who clearly uh, has terrible taste in women. Yeah, yeah. And you need to establish clear boundaries. And you know, once you're a couple, once you're in this together. It's not his money. It's your money. Exactly. It's our yeah. money. And so it's mm-hmm. a decision you both have to make together. And, mm-hmm. you know, tough love. Dad's a grown-up and needs to stand on his own two feet. And if the, you know, batshit girlfriend is draining him dry or, or putting him in financial straits, you're mm-hmm. just enabling him to stay with the batshit girlfriend if you keep writing him checks. Exactly. Well, and, I, you know, he went over there and he told he told my my boyfriend that, okay, if this happens again, she's out. She knows she's out. They're getting married in two weeks. It's kind of like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I'm just afraid that this is going to continually, compulsively become a problem. And that he is such a wonderful person, he'll just keep getting sucked in. Well, it's going to continue. 
Whether it's a problem for you guys is something your boyfriend is in control of. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem for you guys if, you know, his family drama goes on, you know, and he's emotionally available to his family and he sees his parents every once in a while and he's there for his Uh dad to provide advice and emotional support. But he can't be draining your shared finances. He can't be putting his family in peril Uh to, to buck up all this dysfunction. To, you know, to and that's what I'm feeling. Well, then yeah. you just lay that out for him and say, I need your commitment. And then, you know, when it happens, and it will happen over the course of your relationship, where he starts to do the things that he's promised you he won't, then you call mm-hmm. him the chit and you say, you're doing what you told me you would not do. So you need to knock it the fuck off and focus on your first priority, which is which is your family, which is now me and, you know, you have kids at that point, your kids. That's your mm-hmm. first priority family now. Your extended mm-hmm. family too bad, so sad. They need to stand on their own two feet, their own eight feet. They're adults. They're batshit. They're adults. Exactly. And you can't fix it for them. And then if, if he can do that, and sometimes, you know, we need boyfriends or girlfriends or husbands or wives in our lives when we come from messy families who, who stiffen our spines about that sort of stuff. So it's not like uh-huh. you doing that for him is something you shouldn't necessarily have to do. Okay. So it's, it's not bad that I call him on it and say, hey, this isn't acceptable. Yeah, if you're not a because, sh- yeah, it's not bad that you call him on it if you're not a shrieking harpy bitch about it. <laughs> well. you, need to be, you need to be firm and supportive and try to maintain a bit of a sense of humor and realize that, you know, if you're going to marry this guy, there's going to be a little backsliding over and over again over the course of the marriage. There are going to be times when he violates the spirit, if not the letter of whatever agreement he makes with you about boundaries with his family of origin. Uh-huh. And you need to uh-huh. be able to call him on it, forgive him for it, put him back on the straight and narrow. It's like being married to a drunk a little bit. Where uh-huh. Every once in a while they fall off the wagon, and what do you do? Like, you can't be bitter and nasty and horrible 24 hours a day in anticipation of the next falling off the wagon, or because you're still, uh-huh. you won't let go of the last falling off the wagon. you gotta, you got to be worth it. you got to be yeah. somebody he enjoys being with so much that you're worth him making up for the other family that he's lost. Well, wait, no, not just that, but you're worth, yeah, you're, the family you guys create together will be hopefully better than the one he's from, and therefore, you know, he should recognize it as his top priority to preserve. But also, life with you is pleasurable and fun and, and decent and good, and uh-huh. therefore, you know, and if the price of keeping that you good, decent, fun in his life is the, maintaining these boundaries, then he will. Okay. But if you're just, okay. like, nasty, horrible, pouring acid on him all the time because he's still talking to his dad or still seeing his mom, then he mm-hmm. really has no incentive. Then everybody in his life is mad at him and horrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, the thing is I love his uh, – when I've interacted with his family, I love his family. But it's when they start taking their problems and when we're just trying to get our lives started and they're putting their problems on us, that's the part that I have problems with. And like I said in my original call, you know, I come from a family where I saw that happen to my mother. And she ended up taking care of her parents, and she ended up taking care of her two drunk brothers. And, you know, it's just I can see that road. I've seen where it's gone, and I've seen the problems it's caused in my own parents' relationship. I don't want that to happen to me and him because I think we have a great start. Well, great. And you need to say all this to him. Make him listen to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Dan. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm a 22-year-old male in Chicago. Um, I've had a problem for a while now. Um, I dated this girl for two years. It was my first, like, true, real relationship. Um, we ended up, you know, I was young, naive. I, I sort of thought we were going to get married, and, well, I didn't sort of. I did. Um, but we ended up breaking up about two years ago. Um, 
so the problem has come up that like in my mind this was the dream girl and now everyone everything is compared to her you know with when i'm with other girls it's never good because the comparison never stands up no one can compare to her and it even like it even goes to when i'm like jerking off and i feel like shit afterwards because i just got off to this girl that isn't her um and the really screwed up part of it is that by the end of the relationship, she was cheating on me because she didn't want to be in it anymore. Um, so I find now that I cannot get into any sort of serious relationship because nothing, nothing holds up to my image of what my dream girl should be because this, that was what she was for me. So I guess my question is, you know, how do I move on from this? So your dream girl uh, is a cheating piece of shit. You need to dream bigger, better dreams, man. Well, I, you know, I, I, I know, I know these things. It's not, you know, this is not something that I don't know. It's just, you know, she's that one that just, right. I, yeah, I just but there, can't get know, over. You're buying into a myth. There is no one. There is, there is no one person out there for you. You will meet other girls. Lots of other girls, including girls like her, girls right. who come close, uh, right. and girls who exceed. How long ago did you break up? Um, about two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, you need to be getting yeah. over it by now. You're very young. If you broke up two years ago, that means you were dating in your teens. This girl. Right, right. So you need to work on your OCD about this relationship. <laughs> You need to tell yourself every time you start spinning yourself up about there's never going to be another girl, no one else can ever come close to her, she was my dream girl even though she cheated on me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You need to tell yourself that that is a myth that you have signed off on, not because she's necessarily the only girl on earth for you or is your dream girl, but because you want to be impressed by your own capacity to feel and to love. Uh This isn't about her. This is about you. This is a kind of narcissism. And this is about maintaining the relationship in a one side, you know, from, from one side. It's like you, you really haven't broken up with her in your heart yet because all this I can't let go, I can't let go, I can't let go shit is about being in denial that it's over. Yeah. Because it's not over for you, so how can it possibly be over? You know what? It's over. Force yourself to date other girls. Force yourself to be sexually active with other girls. Usually, you know, when you get over a big heartbreak, it sometimes takes, like, being shellacked from head to toe in, you know, 20 other people's saliva before you're really over it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I have. I mean, it's not, this is not for for lack of trying because, I mean, that's really what I thought I had to do is just, you know, be with other people and see other people. But it, it, it seems like it's. It's just never. It's just never the same as it was. And you know what? It never will be the same. You know, she was your first. You lost your virginity to her. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was your first. You lost your virginity. You had a two-year relationship. She was your first big romance. Your first big love. It took me more than two years actually to get over that guy. Right. right? Do you know? If, you know, right. pe- many people are with the person that they lost their virginity to as a teenager. I can't imagine many. No, hardly any. They probably fit in the sound booth with me. All of them. They're all Mormons. Oh, well, I thought they were Jews, like me. (laughs) Or maybe some of them were Jews. Mormons (laughs) and Jews together would produce very beautiful, blue-eyed, black-haired babies. (laughs) With big cut cocks. Now, 
we're getting off track. Let's talk about you. And right. not big Mormon, half Jewish, well hung dudes with blue eyes and black hair. All right. Mm-hmm. You need to first of all give yourself permission to still be a little hung up on her at two years because it was a big ass relationship. But then give yourself marching orders that you're going to stop being such a fucking pussy about this. And when you yeah. when you're swamped with those feelings of oh there's nobody else oh she was the only one oh, you need to say you the another voice in your head needs to say you are being ridiculous that is well, not true that is that, a that lie it's a myth about love that is peddled to people and that a lot of young people buy off on with this idea that there is only one you will eventually if you keep meeting people you will meet somebody who is better than her and will yeah. supplant her in your uh, Emotions. Well, that that logical voice is definitely there. And Jewish, you, know, you guys invented that logical voice. <laughs> and and so you know, I, I, I tell myself that on a, on a pretty regular basis. Well, then just keep it, it up. It's like just a, keep it up. It's, it's, it's a feeling that I can't. Yeah. Your feelings. Right. Just because you have a feeling doesn't mean it's legit. Sometimes we have feelings that are retarded. Oh, I'm not right. going to use that word anymore. Sometimes we have feelings that are gay. <laughs> that are stupid gay. Right? Okay. Not because right. fucking gay, which is awesome. Sometimes we have feelings that are retarded gay. Okay. And just because you're having a feeling doesn't mean it's legit or you have to allow yourself to succumb to it. You have a brain, too. Yeah. Right. Right. You can say, I'm being stupid. Yeah. What would you say to a woman who is, you know, oh, but I love him so much, I love him so much, every, about going back to her abuser over and over again? That's a dumb. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. Right, you know, you've been abused. Right. Like we can't, we're not allowed to say that. We're both very bad men, and there'll be a lot of calls. But that's how we feel when somebody says that. We said well, that's that may be how you feel, but that's retarded gay. That's gay. Yeah. That's retarded gay. Not uh, not gay, cocksucking gay. Retarded gay. And you need to say that to yourself over and over and over again until it comes true. Okay. All right. You bought off on the lie that there is only one person on earth that you could possibly feel this way about, because yeah. that's how we want to feel about love, particularly when we're young. You can now buy off on the truth that you're being ridiculous. You can psych yourself up into letting this go the same way you allowed yourself to be psyched up into believing in the myth of the one. Yeah. It's obviously going to take a little more time and a little more other people's saliva coating your body from head to toe. I, I just, I just, I guess I sort of hoped it would have happened by now. Eh, me too. <laughs> Give us a call when it does. Okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Good luck. Uh, since you took that question from Mike, I thought maybe I could get an answer to something that's I've wondered about for a long time. What is it that makes most straight men get so hot about two women having sex together? Now, occasionally, I respond to that kind of thing myself. But in general, being straight is just about as appealing to me as watching two guys. So what's up with that anyway? Uh, tried to get answers from several women and several men I've known, and they either get completely blank or uh, go, what's wrong with you? How come you don't get it? So maybe you can help me out. I have no idea why some straight men think two women going at it are hot. Well, actually, I have a lot of ideas why. I think it's kind of obvious why. Um, and there's a lot of writing that's been done. But I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to pick it up. We're going to throw that out there, Mike style, to the straight guys listening, all of whom... 99% of whom think it's hot, watching two ladies go at it. Uh, guys, why do you think that's hot? Um, and would you think it was hot f- for your girlfriend to watch gay porn, two guys going at it?
Usually straight guys who are into the lesbian porn aren't so much. Can't see why a straight woman would want to watch two dudes doing it. Uh, so answer both those questions, straight boys. You are invited to give us a call at 206-201-2720 and explain your damn selves. Hello, damn savage. I just want to comment on your comment about uh, heteros not getting in trouble with friends, family, whatever, getting a ration of shit when the man is a little bit femme or the woman's a little bit butch. In my experience, that's not true at all. I was married to a rather femme man who would wear makeup, and I was a rather butch woman. Granted, it was in the 80s, so maybe things are a little different now. But both of us got a lot of shit all the time. But I must say, it was a whole lot of fun when we went bra shopping and the saleswoman was trying to sell him the bra. Thanks for the call, and we're going to leave it there this week. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And uh, me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast.